Welcome to the Catch. A place where people can share their stories of how they were caught to be set free. Where each story points to the big story. The message of the cross. Hey, welcome to the Catch. My name is Ryan. And I'm Cheryl, and we are with our good friend, Justin Brown. We've known each other for years, but the audience might not know who you are. Kind of give us a backstory of um, who you are, how you grew up. Give us a little backstory of uh, just who Justin Brown is. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, so uh, born in Columbus, Georgia, man, and then came over to uh, Warner Robins, uh, Georgia, and uh, mom got relocated there. So kind of really pretty much grew up there, moved there probably about fourth grade. So uh, was there, grew up there, went to high school there to the Warner Robins High School, which you guys are very familiar with. (laughs) Yes, sir. Uh, (laughs) Grew up going to church with Ryan um, at his dad's church at Fellowship. And... um, Man, went on to play college ball at Furman, played there, got out, went, went into coaching uh, for some years, about five, six years, and then uh, got the call into ministry, man. So shifted out, went to ministry, um, been a few places uh, since then, Mercer uh, most recently, and then now currently at North Greenville University, man. So been uh, running around, man, sharing the gospel the last six, seven years of my life after shifting, in that minute, after shifting into that vocation, that role, that life. Um, and love every minute of it, man. So um, absolutely passionate about God and, and who he is to me and who he's allowed me to be to other people as an example. Um, and just sharing his word, man, is, is, is amazing. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, one of the great things that I love about what I get to do is in the summer travel around the youth camps, you know, mostly high school, college type stuff, and just um, hang out with, you know, uh, high school, middle school, young adult kids in college and just um, help them figure out life. And, the greatest thing you can figure out in life is Christ. Um, I think that guides us more than anything. So, um, yeah, so here serving at North Greenville, um, Associate Vice President of Campus Ministries here. So working with college students every day and um, it could be frustrating, uh, <laughs> but we were all 18 to 22 at one point. So we know how we were. Um, <laughs> and so you kind of get it. Uh, but as much as it is frustrating, it's, it's infinitely more rewarding um, and infinitely more fun. So. I'm loving what I'm doing, man, and um, just here to serve people. Let me kind of let everybody know at home. They see you as like a a chaplain now, but a lot of people don't know how good you really were at football. Like a captain of our football team, man, you were one of the best uh, D tackles I ever seen uh, in person, man. How do you go from being that guy on the football field to being a follower of Jesus and and encouraging other people? How was that transition? Uh, Was there like a moment in your life that hit where it was like, this is what I need to be doing? Yeah, absolutely, man. Listen, I'm absolutely humbled by your sentiments. I'm glad you added that caveat in person, <laughs> because if you didn't say that part, I'm be like, he's absolutely lying. Okay? <laughs> in person, I'll take, but if you were like ever, I'd be like, nah, he just blowing my head up. No, uh, hey, no, nah, man. Nah. <laughs> hey, Justin, I used to throw, used to throw grass on my jersey. <laughs> Silly. I'm for real. They out there winning championships. I'm like, yeah, we won. Yeah. Yeah, man, I tell people, man, I think life in football and I think sports in general and life in your Christian walk are so analogous. And I feel like there's so many parallels that you can draw and like so many things that I went through as an athlete, I find myself going through kind of those similarities in my Christian faith. Um, And I think there's always been that battle. I mean, I think even at its foundation, 
as much as I love football throughout my entire life, there was always, and I'm sure you felt this, there was always a moment like, I want to quit. I'm tired of playing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired of going to practice. I'm tired of all these summer workouts. You know what I mean? So that's like, even in my faith, it's like, especially at that point early in my life, when I'm talking high school, college, there was moments like, I mean, I grew up a Christian. My mom, you know, single mom, we were in church every Sunday, every Wednesday. Um, anytime the church was open, uh, my mom had me in there doing something. Um, I have to tell people, I was like, listen, my, my childhood was basically this. I remember one weekend I was, uh, I was a youth usher. Um, I sang one service. Um, I did a play on Friday and I was there seven days that week for uh, a little camp for during spring break one time. It was like, I did everything. I mean, that was, that was kind of life. Um, but just because you grow up in it doesn't mean you kind of soak it all in and, and you apply it all. And I think that's kind of where I was in getting to college and kind of having that foundation, which was great for me, um, having that foundation kind of go back to. But then you get caught up in the college life, you know, being a college right. football athlete and just being away from home and, and having that freedom. You get lost in everything. Um, and so I think for me, that moment came after college. Um, I was after college. It was about a year of extreme lossness, man. In that time, I had uh, I had just football had just ended for me, which is something I started playing football at six. Um, and so you start something at six, and then you get to twenty two, and it's gone, right? There's there's no more of it, and so that leaves a huge hole in you. Um, a girl I had been dating for like four years, we broke up. So I had two gaping holes in my life, and I was just trying to fill them with whatever everybody around me was filling their life with. Um, and I remember doing that for about a year and at some point started to get back in church. And, uh, you know, um, I don't have one of those stories where something amazing happened, like I got in a car wreck or, you know, people like, you know, people like I lost my arm and God told me to come back to him with one. And I don't have that. Um, but just being at church on a Wednesday night and the pastor just was sitting there. He was like, there's some men who strayed away from God and you're ready to come back. And I just felt like God was speaking specifically to me in that moment. And it wasn't me by myself that walked up there. There was a, it was a bigger church. There was probably a hundred of us that walked up there, but I walked up there with him and it felt like it was just me. You know what I mean? It felt right. like it was me and God meeting at the altar. And that was the moment where I really got serious and was like, I got to take this thing um, serious. And I have to really be serious about the gospel and what it means to my life and applying these things to my life. And so, you know, since then it's kind of been this following of him. And, and like I said, so much of it has been analogous to my life as an athlete, um, it hasn't been easy. It's been difficult. The The journey has been difficult, but there's so many sweet spots. You know, there are more sweet spots than there are tough spots. And he's been faithful through all of it. You know, he's, you know, I'm thinking he's probably like disappointed in me at times, which he's not because he loves me that much because um, I haven't been the greatest, but he's just been so faithful, man. And even in the midst of my brokenness and the midst of my wretchedness, he's just like, no, just keep bringing it in. And it's, I mean, so much, Going back to like, it's like football. It's like, you know, listen, in football, you don't have a whole perfect game. If you play 50 plays, you know, 20 yeah. of them may be terrible, but it's oh, the yeah. 30 that you that you want to talk about, right? And and that's what I like to talk about when I talk about my relationship with God, right? The 20, there are those 20 plays that I'm going to use for, you know, seeing what I did wrong to get better. Um, but I want to marvel in those 30 and, and think about how good he is and how great he's been to me. His grace is so good. It is. And I love yeah. you say that. And you just walked down the altar and you just felt like it was you and him. And just the process of it is so simple. And I feel like some people don't realize how simple it is to just start that relationship or 
not just start it, but for people to come back and just be like, I really dedicate myself. And also kind of, you know, to let people know, even though your life, you've been a Jesus follower, you've been following Jesus. It's not like life is going to be just, you know, perfect. Not it's, at all, man. It's, it's that sense of, you know, just knowing where you're going when it's all said and done and, and knowing that somebody loves you so much. And that's something that's something I really try to get across to, especially with working with such a young group of people. Um, it's kind of, I think I feel like in church we kind of feed people that it's like come to come to Christ and everything is perfect and everything is great. And I mean, and that's true, but it's not true. You know what I mean? Like it it is perfect because you're you're connected to this perfect being, right? You're connected to this perfect God. But the journey isn't going to be perfect. And the Bible theologically is very clear on that. You know what I mean? And so trying to convey that to him, but it's like nothing in your life is perfect, but you still do it, right? You got your best friend is not perfect, but you still hang out with your best friend, right? Whatever sport you're playing is not perfect, but you still wake up every day and go do that sport. Your parents are not perfect, but you still love your parents, you know? So nothing's perfect, but it's just you connect with Christ and it just changes your perspective. It changes your perspective on how you see those imperfect moments right you see those tough times it's like i'm not doing this by myself right and that's reassuring that's the reassuring spark knowing i got the holy spirit in me that's got me through it all and um i don't got to do it by myself and that's real right there though man so if i were somebody who didn't know jesus like what advice would you be able to give to him today yeah i would say start where you are right um and it is you know the thing about working with you know talking with people who who don't know Christ, it's, you know, first off, is there is there the desire to know Christ, right? Do you desire to know Christ? And if you don't, why not, right? What is what is guiding your life? What are you, what in your life is guiding you to be who you are, guiding kind of your moral compass? Um, what is helping give you hope every day? You know what I mean? Um, and so somebody who, who comes and is like, man, I want to follow Christ. I don't know. Um, and I'm just like, just start, you know, a lot of the students I have and they're, most of them are thinking like, well, we need to have this developed reading plan. I'm like, just just start reading. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be a plan. Just start reading. And those things start to happen. You know, I think of it like uh, people who are like, you know, maybe really big and start going to the gym. Well, if you wait until you get like the right outfit, if you wait until <laughs> you uh, can get your kind of in shape to go to, like, you'll never go. You know what I mean? Right. But it's like, I'm just going to go to the gym and get on the treadmill for five minutes. You know, like, or I'm just going to go and do three lists, right? You just got to start somewhere. You know, when I, you know, after that moment where I rededicated my life, I was in a big church um, and I was a member there and I didn't have anyone to directly disciple me. I just, I wasn't connected like that at the church. Um, maybe I didn't really want to. I don't know. It just did it happen for me. Um, but I remember the thing I did was every single day I read my Bible in the morning when I had time in the middle of the day between work and then at night, like I was reading it every day. And a lot of me thinks like I grew in that time more than I've grown in any time in my life. Uh, and it was, you know, kind of in, in by myself, like I didn't have anybody. And it was just about me deciding, I just need to start doing this, right? I don't need a 12 step plan. I don't need a study guide. I just need to read my Bible and spend time with Christ and get to know him intimately. Um, and that's where it is because everything's based on relationship. You know, we're, we're so consumed with the do, right? What do I do? What do I do? And it's like, well, pause. Why don't you just focus on being, right? Let's go to the being. Be with him. Jesus says something very specific, and I love it. He, he goes, um, this is in one of the gospel. It's like that he chose the 12 disciples to be with him so that they could go and do ministry, 
right? And it was like the first part of that is he chose them to be with him, right? He didn't he didn't pick them to go do. He chose them to first be. Right. Um, and I think as believers, that's where we have to start, like just be with him, right? Read your Bible and pray and just be with him. And he's going to show you what to do. Um, we don't have to ask because he'll guide us and he'll show us in that. And when you were talking about, um, you know, you just picked up your Bible. Um, I remember one of the sayings, um, they were saying the Bible was one of those things where if it was a puddle, a baby would never drown in it. Mm-hmm. The greatest theologian would never reach the bottom of it because it's so <laughs> it's good enough where a, a kid can understand it. But, you know, but you'll never get to the bottom of the Bible because seasons change. Everything changes. And you can read one scripture today and then years from now you can read that same scripture and it has a whole different meaning i've never heard that but i just want you to know that's going in one of my sermons sometime soon (laughs) 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 are there any people in your life that you feel like planted the seed or just helped guide you i know you talked a lot about your mom there's anybody else that you felt like just really helped you have that relationship with jesus and pointed you to him man this list could go uh, a million miles long, um, but I think I think you know most first and foremost, obviously my mom, man, she is the absolute exemplary of faith um, embodied. You know, watching her throughout life, um, and even at this point now, um, you know, being a minister, uh, but still watching her and kind of guiding me in that. You know what I mean? Not even in a direct way where she's discipling me and. We're having gospel converse every day, but just listening to her talk, watching the way she lives her life, um, she has been absolutely exemplary in that throughout my whole life. Like seeing her and her faith um, has been a testament to me um, in my life. Um, and she will probably always and forever be like, you know, how people, you know, spiritual parent. She's my real parent, and she's also like my spiritual parent. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So she is that. And there were so many people along the journey. Um, and it'd be, it, you couldn't name, you know, one of the people I think about is a guy I played football with in college, um, a guy named Scott Schufert, who, um, you know, I still, but great buddy of mine now who just uh, started a church in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, and I still call him like my spiritual mentor. Um, but he was one of those dudes that was just persistent on me in college. Mm-hmm. Like he was one of those, he's one of those dudes, I, I call him like the creepy Christians that you don't like. <laughs> uh, he was always the guy on Tuesday after practice. We had a team Bible study um, on Tuesdays after practice, and he was always the guy standing at the locker room door that everybody was like, bro, Schufer's going to be at the door. We got to go a different way. But there's only one entrance and exit out of our locker room. So we're like trying to think of every Tuesday people are thinking of reasons to tell Schufer they can't go to Bible study, you know. Um, And he just stayed so persistent. I mean, Duke, you know, my my nickname, they called me Duke. Uh, He was like, Duke, we got some free pizza and free Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, Schubert, man, I can't. He used to just, but he stayed on me, man. He pounded me. He was always cool. We always had, he was just that annoying, creepy Christian dude. Like, hey, man, come to Bible study. Jesus loves you, bro. Jesus loves you. I'm like, yeah. dude, get away from me. Um, <laughs> but then he graduated and we started spending one-on-one time together. And it just blew my mind how how ignorant I was to the gospel and what it was. Like, I remember having sitting down with a simple conversation uh, where he was like, um, hey, tell me what it means. Tell me what it means to you when you hear grace and mercy. And I was just like, I don't know, like grace, what you say before you eat. I don't know. <laughs> right. uh, and he was like, and he went through and was explaining. And here I am. Listen, I was a I was a religion major in college. 
So I'm a religion major, grew up in church and didn't know these simple concepts, right? These simple right. yet complex concepts. And he sat down. He was like the first person to really sit down with me and walk me through something. And um, just so forever grateful for him and, and what he's done on my life. I mean, we still talk. We just were actually texting the other day, um, still talk frequently. Um, man, so many people just my pastor from Georgia uh, Dominique Johnson, probably one of the greatest influence at, at this point in my life, um, in this point in my life. So when I moved to Macon, getting connected with him, um, and I think as much as I grew by myself at that point when I uh, rededicated my life, connecting with him and his church plant, oh man, God just took me to a whole nother level and really started to give me vision and show me what life is like when you're connected to a body and connected to a group of people, man. So. I mean, those are some people that I can say are very foundational, but so many people um, have impacted me. And I think it's, you know, and it's my, my, my thought on that is like, listen, the, the, the purpose of life is to get to A to Z and you meet people at different points. Um, and their purpose may be to get you from A to E or maybe from, you know, C to F, right. or it may just be simply to get you from A to B, right? And, and that's how I look at my role as a campus minister, right? I'm not here to get our students in these four years from A to Z. I'm here to plant the seed and help them get to the next step. And somebody else is gonna come and help them get to the next step. And somebody may help them come and get five steps. You know, so it's like, it's a process, man. And so everybody, and I think even the bad people in our lives play an intricate role in who we become because they show us what we don't wanna be um, or they help us figure it out and from kind of from the negative way. I remember when I got into coaching, uh, one of the one of my coaching mentors told me he was like, "Listen, when you work up under somebody, oftentimes uh, you learn what you want to do as a coach." He said, "But more often, what you'll learn more is what you don't want to do." Oh, and yeah. I've taken that with me, and I was like, "Wow, that is that is yeah. true." But that's in every aspect of life, man. A lot of times we sit under people and we think we're learning what to do, but sometimes it's really learning what we don't want to do. Yeah, that's real right there. You know, you learn a lot from everybody, and um. You know, that's what makes us and molds us as people as well as, yeah. uh, you know, just being around different people. If the, like Peter and all these guys in the Bible didn't go out of their comfort zone and just hung around people that looked the same as them and acted the same as them, then we wouldn't be able to have the Bible or or what we have now. So, Absolutely, man. So, uh, Justin, so far as you going from, you know, being a ball player and then you ended up coaching. How was the transition from coaching to ministry? Yeah, so uh, completely unexpected one. Um, you know, my goal, I was crazy because in middle school, um, I was actually, you know, when you're in middle school, everybody's like, man, I'm going to the NFL or I'm going to the <laughs> NBA. Anybody that plays sport is like that. And I'm like in middle school talking about, now nah, I want to be a coach. Like I want to help kids get better in life. And I'm like, I'm a kid talking about I want to help kids, <laughs> oh, right? That's, that's so sweet. It, hey, hey, that's <laughs> so real weird. though, man. That's real. And people people don't believe me when I say but it's like it's like I wish I could go back and find those papers where I was like, be a coach. I was like, <laughs> but I was a I was very much so a realist. Like I knew I wasn't gonna be tall. I knew I was always kind of a chubby kid. So I knew like I, I wasn't very fast. So I was like NFL you're, you're athletic not real. though. You're athletic. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but it's like I was like, listen, I just want to play college ball, go to school for free, have a good time, but then I want to coach. And, uh, man, God blessed me with a tremendous opportunity. You know, when I originally finished uh, playing, um, I did a year of high school ball because I just couldn't find an opportunity in college. And one of my old coaches out of nowhere called me, offered me a job to go coach at PC um, mm -hmm. and was there for a year, 
uh, and I'm talking literally making nothing. Um, I mean, I signed a, a year contract for $5,000. Uh, oh, and man. so was literally making nothing, but I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I just, I remember getting that job and being like, in 10 years, I'm going to be a defensive coordinator in the SEC. Like that was the goal. And I was like, yes, that is it. Right. Um, so it was at PC for a year. And then Mercer in Macon brought back football. Um, and it just so happened. And this is how amazing God is. It just so happened that my head coach from college at Furman got the head job at Mercer. Mm. Um, he knew I was from the area and he called me up. He was like, Hey, starting the football program. Want to bring you in. Um, cause really when I was at PC, uh, I didn't like it so much. I was about to get out of coaching then. Like I was looking for some jobs to work with FCA, uh, which is fellowship of Christian athletes. Um, and had like, I did one interview, um, but then I kind of paused. I was like, well, God, well, let me see if I don't like coaching or do I just not like PC? You know what I mean? Like, which <laughs> yeah. one is it? Um, and so he called and offered me a full-time job. And so I'm like 24, 25 with a full-time coaching job at a division one school, which is like unheard of, you know right. what I mean? Um, and, and so I'm like, man, God's blessed me. Like this must be where I'm supposed to be. And so did that. We had a practice season and then we had our first full season and we went 10 and one, which was, a record for a division one school. Um, so we broke a record uh, for most wins by a first year program. And it just never felt fully comfortable, right? I loved it, enjoyed every part of it, was good at what I was doing, uh, but it just never felt like quite right. Like it just always felt like something was missing. I think the biggest part for me was wanting to mentor student athletes um, and even students in general but just not having that time because I was having to do the things of a coach. Um, And then just understanding like, it's hard for those players to differentiate between this guy as a mentor, kind of a spiritual mentor um, and then coach, you know what I mean? Like it's sometimes that can be hard to balance this when you're, you know, 18 years old and you're trying to figure out, you know, who is this guy in the moment? Is this my coach or is this, you know, the the chaplain guy or something? And so um, I remember just praying, we finished the season and just praying and praying and praying about, uh, what God wanted me to do. And uh, my pastor, Dominico, I mentioned, he invited me um, to go to a conference. Um, and I was like, I really didn't want to go because we were getting ready for spring ball and I had a lot of stuff to do. But he was like, man, it's three days. I'll pay for everything. Don't worry about it. Oh, so I cleared it. I, I cleared it with my head coach and he was like, yeah, take a couple of days, go do what you got to do. Went down there. And I remember before we left, I was praying so hard about what to do because I was feeling that urge to get out and go ministry. Um, and the first day of the conference, man, it's like, I'm not one of those people where God has like clearly communicated things to me all the time. Like I wouldn't even claim to do that. A lot of times it's like praying and and just kind of discerning what's best. But this was like the first day of the conference in the first session, like literally showed up, walked into the conference and the pastor gets on stage. And he was like, some of you guys are, are here trying to figure out what to do with life. Some of you want to change careers and go full time ministry. And I'm here to tell you. God is telling you to go. Mm-hmm. And listen, it was thousands of people in there. <laughs> right. But it might have it might as well have been just me and him, you know. Um, and that for me was the moment I was like, I gotta, I gotta tell my coach I'm quitting. Wow. You know. Mind you, the week before that, my coach had just called me in there and gave me a fifteen thousand dollar raise. And Ooh, so man. <laughs> I'm like, God, you gonna do this? Like I'm fine because we had just shifted to a bigger conference. Um Right. And so everybody got raises. So he gave me $15,000 raise and I was finally making really good money. And I'm like, okay, I'm yes. 
And then God was like, just came in and wrecked it all. And so I had to go in and tell my head coach, like, I got to call to ministry and I got to go. And it's so, this is, man, this, and this is, is so amazing how God works. So I walk in to resign from that job. And then that night we had an FCA meeting because I was running the FCA. We didn't have an on-campus person at that point. I was just doing it um, on the side of coaching. Um, so I walk in that day, tell them I'm resigning. That night we have our FCA meeting. Our, um, the FCA director over the area stops me and goes, hey, we're looking for somebody. Uh, we're looking for a representative here on Mercer's campus um, wow. to be the campus chaplain and the football, mainly the football guy. But we just don't know who that is. You got any ideas? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, bro, I just quit my job. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I just quit my job. So it was so seamless, man. It was a seamless transition. And he just blessed me so much in that. I mean, even to the point of like, after I shifted out of that, I always I had always wanted to go back to grad school and get uh, get my divinity degree. Um, and I went and met with the university president. And this is unheard of. I went and met with the president and was like, hey, I'm going to be serving in this capacity. I'm, I'm moving away from coaching. Um, would just like, you know, to get a discount because they did that for employees. And I was like, I worked here for X amount of years. Could I get that discount that I would have got? Um, and he was like, well, let me think on it. I'll get you back. And like a month later, I got an email. He was like, hey, we're going to cover your whole tuition for grad school. And I'm like, wow. what? Wow. I'm like, so it's like, and so like, I, and I say all that, like as encouragement to people, like when God tells you to move, man, just trust him because what you think may be small, like he's got so many blessings intertwined in that. And that's just a couple of small, like he's done so many more faithful things in that. And, and again, it wasn't easy. Grad school was extremely difficult. Um, shifting out of coaching. I was getting calls to go back into coaching for two years. I mean, even now I'm still getting people like calling Hey, you think about going into coaching and I love coaching. So I have to sacrificially say no, you know what I mean? So it's not right. easy, but it's like when you, when you're obedient and you know that God has called you to a certain thing and that's where he's called you to, if you just remain faithful, the dude is like extremely faithful and he's never going to leave you out there. Like mm. he's got so much for you, man. He's got so much for each and every one of us. We just walk in obedience, right? It's, it's not anything grand you have to do. There's, it's just, simply being faithful in the day-to-day task, right? Simply waking up every day and choosing, making the choice to be faithful to him and what he said, right? And anytime we lose track of that, going back to his word and remembering his promises, right? Going back right. and remembering who he said he was and what he wants to do. I know Jeremiah 29 is, is a cliche verse, but it's real. I mean, he knows what he has for us, right? He knows exactly what his plans are. And it's like, if we would just relinquish that right you get down to 13 and he talks about but when you seek me with your whole heart right if i'm just relinquishing myself and seeking him and giving him everything and there's so many blessings out there for us that are going to be you know good and bad blessed are the good and the bad things but it's all him and he's all faithful through it all man so that was that journey and it has brought me to where i'm at now and i'm so grateful for it so grateful your story is definitely touching and it's just yeah. Amazing that all that happened. I was getting teary-eyed and wow. Listen, listen, graduation day when I finished it. So I ended up actually doing two masters at the same time, which is a terrible idea, right? Uh, so I did two at the same time. And I remember graduation day was like one of the most, the worst, because the worst part about it is that journey through grad school, like, and I knew I was supposed to do it all. Um, watching all of my friends graduate in like two years or a year and a half. 
Because an MDiv is right. just really, it's like three, four year degree. It's like 90 hours where most grad programs are like 30. And so I'm watching people graduate, boom, boom. And here I am basically doing undergrad again because it took me four years um, struggling to write papers because I'm not good at writing. I'm not that smart and I'm just struggling every day. So when I got to graduation day, oh my God. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I was like, God, you, I love you. And only you got me through this, man. So he's awesome, man. He's, and then everything is credited to him. Like nothing is of my own own power. It's all through him. Man, he is, man. Goodness. Well, thank you, Justin, so much for sharing your story. We just want everyone listening to know that each story that we share on The Catch points to the big story. Um, and the big story is the message of the cross. And we just really want you to feel encouraged. And if you want to know more about following Jesus, we will have some links in the description below. We want to make it as simple as possible for you. We also want to be here for you too. So if you want to reach out to us, feel free to do that. We'll have our contact info as well. Yeah. Thank you, Justin. We appreciate you jumping on the catch, man. Uh, we appreciate your story. We pray that your story encourages others to follow Jesus. So thanks again, man. We love you guys. Hey man, thank y'all.